This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Can we talk to this side? I'm Erin with WBEZ. Oh, hi, Erin. We're extremely I'm early. I'm in here cleaning up my studio. Oh, great. <laughs> this is me as I was meeting up with Candace Hunter. She's a Chicago-based artist who creates collages, paintings, installations, and performance art to tell these deeply spiritual often historical, but always beautiful stories about the nuance of injustice and the human experience. Well, um, we just wanted to see the installation. So let's go. Okay. Right now, Candace's largest, most immersive work yet is on exhibit at the Hyde Park Art Center. She's been a longtime artist in residence there and a staple of the Black arts community in Chicago for decades. So, welcome to... Um, Candace Hunter, The Alien Nations and Sovereign States of Octavia E. Butler. I'm kind of chagrined that my name goes in front of Octavius because that just doesn't seem right now, does it? Um, when you step in- Okay, so in case you're new here, speculative fiction writer Octavia Butler is my absolute favorite author. Her series introduced me to Afrofuturism and to androgynous Black leading women I could relate to who shapeshift and heal themselves. Octavia broke barriers in the white male-dominated world of science fiction. So when I found out Candace's exhibit went deep into Octavia's work, let's just say I couldn't book this interview fast enough. The idea behind the show is that you walk into this space and you move into the actual worlds that Octavia created. When I got to the museum, Candace gave me a tour. When you step into the gallery, there are three framed pieces. The exhibit takes the worlds that Octavia built. So the first thing on our right are the doors of Robledo. And lets you imagine yourself within them. The two pieces behind you are Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. This is Lilith's breath. One of the most immersive rooms in the exhibit shows the evolution of Lilith Iapo the protagonist from Butler's Xenogenesis trilogy. So, you know, when we meet Lilith in the book, she's in a room alone. There are no windows. There are no doors. Another section hones in on a key part of the book, Parable of the Sower, when the protagonist, Lauren Olamina, has to flee her community, Robledo, and go north. It's supposed to sound con- frenetic, chaotic, fleeing, horror, terror all of those things. Candace also collected notes from friends and visitors to include in the exhibit. And I've asked them to stop and imagine a moment where they might have to flee. Who would they leave a note for? What would they say? After the tour, I sat down with Candace to talk about Octavia Butler's books. And if this is all new to you, don't worry, we don't get too much into the weeds. I'm, I'm like trying so hard not to nerd out right now. I'm like, are we about to talk about Kindred? Okay. What we do get into is why Candace fell in love with Butler's work and how that led to this exhibit, which is the best reminder of how science fiction shows us to ourselves as we are 
as well as what we have the potential to be. Candace, tell me, how should I call you? How should I refer to you? you you're, you're a collage artist? You're Well, as Sandy Castrell of IC Star says, Candace Hunter, queen of Ethiopia and all other lands. No. I will um, gladly repeat that. <laughs> Candace Hunter, queen of Ethiopia and all other lands. <laughs> Candace, welcome to the rundown. Thank you. I'm excited. Me too. So first of all, please introduce me to Octavia Butler. Who was she? Octavia Butler is the most well-known female science fiction and speculative fiction writer of the 20th century. Mm. She is also, or was, is, a black woman. So when she was about, she tells the story, she was about 14, and she loved science fiction. She was a sci-fi nerd, but she never saw herself in those stories. So at about 14, she said, well, I guess I have to write myself in. And she did, and she did it to much applause and fanfare. Mm -hmm. And so she wrote from the age of 14 until her untimely death. Mm -hmm. And all of her main characters are centered in black womanhood. And they tell not only science fiction stories, but historical stories, political stories, and wishful dreaming stories. Yes. And her characters are androgynous often. Often. As mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the media that you grew up consuming and when you came across Octavia. I don't know that I read that much science fiction mm-hmm. as a kid. And the science fiction that I saw on television and the movies, like Octavia, I wasn't in the story. And they seemed to be boys' stories. Mm -hmm. So did I really care about them? No, I didn't (laughs) care about some boy on some strange planet. I, I didn't care. And so when I came across her, I was in college, and I read Kindred. And it was probably right as Kindred came out. Mm -hmm. And here was this woman that looked like me. She looked like me. She could have been me. And she did a lot of jobs to be able to do her art, this character, which was also Octavia's life at the time. She did a lot of jobs to be able to do her art. And I felt a familiarity in the character, and because I was also a history nut about African-American history in this country, those moments when the lead character slips back and forth to antebellum South, to plantations, and to her modern life in California as a book nerd, I was able to see the progression of that story and understand. And so I think it could have been part of that early reading of Octavia and being on journeys that might have impacted me without my realizing Mm -hmm. it. Uh, You talked about 
Octavia kind of realizing as a teenager that she was the one who was going to have to create the art that that she wanted to consume. And I wonder what your own journey was as a young artsy person. Do you feel like you came into your own or came in touch with your art around that time or before that? Or when did you start to realize, okay, this this art thing is something that I am and that I want to do? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not. I had a mother who was a child of the Depression, and my saying that I wanted to be an artist was something that she could not accept. So when I went to college, I was a religious ed and art minor, and then I changed schools, and I never said anything to her and became an art major. And in that, the chair of the theater department came to me and said, when are you declaring your major? And I said, I I have a major. I'm an art major. Mm. Don't tell my mother. <laughs> so the chair of that department says, do you know you're only one course away from fulfilling all the requirements for theater? Theater I'd love to do, but I didn't think that was a career. My mother didn't think art was a career, and so I married the two. You talked about working with Octavia's content and kind of how it came to you, and I read somewhere that you have been working with Octavia's content for over a decade. What keeps you drawn to her work? She won't leave me alone. Mm. She just won't go anywhere. (laughs) You can say you're through with something and it's still ruminating. It's still causing havoc in how you think about things, how you do things. And of course, I never really thought that my love of her writing would grow into where we are today with this show. Mm -hmm. I first did um, a collage painting of her, of just her face, that was used in a small show that was at Little Black Pearl here in Bronzeville. Then several years later, I had sold it, so I I didn't even remember Hmm. where it was Mm -hmm. because I'm not one of those art. I don't have records of everybody who buys. I was just like, happy they bought it (laughs) to the check. Clear. Okay, I'm good. Um, Several years later, I got a call from Tadana Reeve Du, and she was creating a colloquium on Octavia Butler, and she was bringing in every science fiction mind that there was into Atlanta to do this colloquium. So they used my work for the banner art for that whole weekend. So all over Atlanta, I saw my work that weekend. And it was just truly lovely. Yes, Um, yes. I was just like, people are looking at my work. They don't know me. They don't know it. They don't know who I am. So it was just like a really exciting thing. Yeah, everything just came together in a way that you didn't even have to. And (laughs) I kind of have always had that kind of blessed Life and career where things come. Yeah. Yeah. What a blessing. And also, yeah, I'm like, I'm sensing, I'm sensing a trend. (laughs) Um, 
I'll say um, I, I've read most of Octavia's work, including the parables, which shows up in this installation, um, The Alienations and Sovereign States of Octavia Butler by Candace Hunter. Um, but I haven't gotten all the way through Lilith's Brood. I wonder if you could introduce me to the series. What is Lilith's Brood about? Lilith's Brood is the most science fiction-y writing that Octavia's done, the things that we think about when we think about generally about science fiction. Spaceships and aliens and ugly aliens with tentacles and tendrils and like, oh, I can't look at it. I don't know. What does it? Yeah. So it's the most of that. Mm -hmm. But it's also incredibly familiar to most of her other writing. Hmm. So the lead character is Iapo, first name Lilith, you know, as European as you can get, (laughs) and then African because we here are mixed peoples and we are a combination of mixed things. Mm -hmm. And then she examines the mixed Ness mm-hmm. of us by introducing the alien being. Yes. And the only way that the alien, as the Oankali, that's the name of this race of people, that they can survive is if they mix and mingle with the races that they save. Otherwise, they're going to die off. So are we not talking about the United States of America? (laughs) Are we not talking about Australia? Are we not talking about reservations in the U.S.? She takes so many heady topics and bends them into science fiction so you can read about it and then get a glimmer Mm-hmm. of the truth that happens in this country and in other countries, especially to black and brown peoples. She is giving you truth in palatable ways in which you can then start examining yourself. I've heard you say that you're a storyteller at heart. Yeah. And I wonder what is the story that you are telling with this with this show? Now, Erin, isn't that a big question? <laughs> <laughs> because you're using these stories, right? But what what is your story that you want to tell with this? This one I really wanted to think about the things that she was thinking about and presented back in a way that touches all of us in our understandings of how we walk this planet, how we think about ourselves, how we think about others. Sitting in Chicago right now with the migrant crisis going on, how we as a community think about our brothers and sisters who are in a bad situation 
a really yes. bad situation. Yes. Thinking about war because it's at the forefront now in two mm-hmm. very different parts of the world. How do we as humans reflect on these things and what do we do about it in our own little tiny shells mm-hmm. of humanity? Because we're just little bitty pieces of really big stories. But what we do in our finiteness is a part of infinity. Yes. We're a part of all of these stories. And so how do we impact this story? So I think that was a question that Octavia is always asking. And so I wanted to be able to visually place some of those questions. And I'm hoping that those questions are read in the sing of the show. Candace Hunter is a visual artist, collage artist. She's been a performance artist. She's a generous artist (laughs) for spending all this time talking with us today. Candice, thank you. Thank you very much. Candace Hunter's exhibit, which is called The Alien Nations and Sovereign States of Octavia E. Butler, is open now at Hyde Park Art Center through March 3rd. And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Justin also engineered this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you love the show, rate the show, review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. Next week on the show, we're going to look back at one of Chicago's LGBTQ plus institutions, Berlin. We're collecting your stories about Berlin, the LGBTQ plus nightclub that closed last month after 40 years. Hey, this is Daniela. I live in Lakeview. My name's Ollie. I'm from Oklahoma City. Hi, my name is Andy. I live in Bucktown. I'm calling about memories about Berlin. You can leave us a message too. call our voicemail box at 312-948-4632. That number again is 312-948-4632. If you want, you can also record a voice memo on your phone and email that to therundownpod at wbez.org. Go ahead, get your phone out. Tell us what Berlin meant to you. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend.